Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the second hour of the Live with Me Rank Show today. If you would like to join us, lines are open, 269-441-9500. Nine five. You can also email me at rank R E as an excellent N K at townsquaremedia.com or join us via app chat if you have an app of one of the stations you're listening to me on. In the first hour, went through a few Michigan issues. One of them, where did I put the other one? Not that one. Yeah, Michigan lawmakers unanimously backed a bill to require regular updates to anybody who's doing these petition drives. So they're trying to get signatures from you. I, it's neither here nor there, I guess. If they're gathering more information and people want to know what's going on, uh, I think that's probably fine. But then we had the issue where Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson was trying to push through some rules that would lessen the integrity of our elections. And the Republicans in the Joint Committee on Administrative Rules stopped it in its tracks and said, you can't water down signatures like that. You can't. And I went through a whole slew of things she was asking for. She was asking for people who review the signatures on these absentee ballots, to look for, quote, redeeming qualities, end quote, between the two signatures. See if they have similar distinctive flourishes. And consider that the person signing its hand was trembling or shaking. And they're telling us that this is giving us integrity, they being the left, in our elections. They were also saying you need to consider, this is what she tried to get through. You know, people are different. There's differences when you age. So look at that. Uh, look at maybe their slight, slight changes over time. And, and possibly they're going to use initials and just go with that. I'm assuming because that's how it's being reported. And more. Republicans try to say, no, let's bring more integrity to this election system in Michigan. She Got rid of all of them except one. There were nine suggestions to bring more integrity. She denied eight, accepted one. That one was that the they would remove language that allows election workers to presume the validity of a signature. I guess that means you go into it presuming that just because that one signed it as Mickey Mouse and that one, Donald Duck, go in thinking that that's the same signature and then try to prove that it's not so what happens now i'm being told from some uh politicos that it will go to the uh, she would have to go to the legislature to create law in which to water down our election and decrease the integrity the other thing i was talking about was this i'm going to get to 
a brace on a first-time caller wants to discuss this. Was I I read this and and in context, let's put this in context. During the pandemic, we I think we can all agree we're showered with cash. Even us who worked all the time, even us essential people to this country, to this state, you know, us essential people that had to go to work, even us were given money, showered with money. Why? I guess it's fair in the sense that some people are not essential to this community. Uh, uh, to to work. And that's not me saying it. That's whoever said you're not essential. And others of us are essential. With all that money showered, I think 10, 12, 15,000 and more, depending on the size of your family, including if you were unemployed, you got an extra 600 a month, a, a week, a thousand a week you were being employed. Lansing Board of Water and Light came out the other day and said, you know, prior to all that showering of money on people, money that was supposed to pay utilities, rent, mortgage, our people were only late to the tune of $1 million. Eh, it's gone up 700%, or what they call sevenfold. It's now $7 million. And I'm wondering how that happened unless they just weren't paying their bills. They decided, I'm not going to pay my bills. Uh, just like many people stop paying their rent because they couldn't be thrown out. So these people were all taking advantage of the situation. Brace, who is a first-time caller, would like to address that. So let us go to him. Good morning, Brace. Welcome for the first time to the Live with Rank show. Morning. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Where are you from, Brace, by the way? I always like to ask people. Uh, I'm from a small town in Bellevue, but I currently Bellevue. work in Battle Creek. All right. No, I don't need to know where you work, but Bellevue. That's cool. Thanks. Anyways, uh, yeah, as far as I, I agree 100% with what Linda was talking about, as far as kids today weren't educated as far as how to properly take care of, you know, funds and money and whatnot. But it also comes down to like what you just talked about, that a lot of people were taking advantage of the fact that they didn't have to pay their rent or anything because they were basically given amnesty towards getting evicted if they didn't pay. And all the landowners and contractors that do house other people have really nothing to go off of and they have no income coming in from the tenants. So that in turn was like a catch 22. They couldn't evict them, but they couldn't get money from them. So that's more money that was not getting basically recycled back into the system, which is why so much was owed. Well, when it comes to the utility, when it comes to housing, mortgage, rent, uh, there were funds out there that people could go and try to get to cover it, uh, be it the landlords right. or, or the people themselves to give to the landlords. Uh, when it comes to the utilities, it, Again, unless I'm missing something here, these people just decided, screw it. I'm not paying any of my utilities. I don't care. I got all this extra money. I need to go buy a new TV. Uh, Mama yeah, needs that's a what new I'm, dress. That's what I'm saying because they – I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, that's what I'm saying. Because they did not have to face any repercussions as far as being evicted to pay their their uh, monthly – not necessarily so much the utilities, but the actual rent itself because they weren't actually – held accountable to being evicted for not paying anything. That was partly why 
these people now have a substantial amount of money that is owed. It, it wasn't just so much the utilities. It was more of just the government gave this handout, but at the same time made it so they weren't accountable if they didn't pay due to the COVID that was rampant in the first year or so that it was being monitored by media. And, and I could understand that to a point if they weren't being showered with money. And, and right. that's that's why I'm bringing this up now. They were showered with money. And that being said, what happened, and it just had to be, again, and, and I'm open to there being something else, but there had to be some people who just said, I'm just not going to pay for it to go up that much. Oh, you know, Brace, I appreciate right. you waiting as long as you did to come on air to talk to us. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you have a great day. 269 441 nine five nine five if you would like to join the fun uh love to hear from you where do i want to go next how about we do this oh there is some good news you'll be getting your 400 dollars checks possibly this week from the michigan catastrophic claims association refund because they collected too much money from us now just so you know, Governor Whitmer's taking all the credit. She had absolutely nothing to do with it. And that's not even exaggerating. It was law that they had to do this. Now, I understand uh, that people are going to try to take advantage of something that's handed to them. But realize, literally, Governor Whitmer had zero to do with the, us getting these checks. And I say that because it was written in law that the MCCA had to do it. So it was coming anyway. So she kind of jumped on the train. But that $400 check that you're getting, it's gone in one month. Because we're being charged that Biden Democrat inflation rate tax of $385 a month for the quote unquote average family here in the United States. And now with gas skyrocketing again, now remember, gas was skyrocketing before Ukraine, and it's skyrocketing again. And I have a solution to disprove Jen Psaki and all these people uh, that say, well, we're not, our, none of our policies are driving this, X, Y, and Z. I have some great audio you got to hear, as well as, here's, the, here's my point. Oil is traded on future. It's, on, it's traded on what's going or could happen. Just like if we're only receiving 600,000 barrels out of 20, 21 million, I think, a day we use in the United States. And if only 600,000 at most is coming from Russia each day, why would our oil skyrocket? You could tell. You could ask Jen Psaki that. Because she's saying, well, shutting down the pipeline and shutting down everything we shut down and stopping all the leases and doing all they did, that, that had nothing to do with the increase in gas. And we would say, yes, it did. Okay, let's say not enough oil or not a whole lot of oil or no oil was coming through the pipeline. But it was to start coming through, I think, this year, part of it and more as time goes by. So they were looking at that, we say, and, and the negative attitude you 
from that podium and the administration and the Democrats have against carbon-based fuels. And because of that, they were um, increasing the price of oil. When they don't accept that, they then have to accept that why is gas skyrocketing today when we're only saying we're not going to take 600,000 barrels of oil a day from Russia? It's got to be because either your policies are wrong, a policies that are creating this, and or it's traded on what's going to happen in the future, not today. Well, it's both of those. And we'll talk more about that coming up right after this. You're listening to the Live with Rank Show. You listen to Live with Rank. Thank you very, very much for that. We started talking about, well, something very, very major that is hitting our country and all of us uh, who aren't married into money or who aren't a politician who's making a lot of money both within from the taxpayer and all the insider trading and whatever they are doing out there. Specifically from the federal level, those guys are making 170 something thousand a year state. It's about 72,000 plus uh, expenses for your office driving there. What have you? Our former governor Granholm, who, by the way, you know what? Let me, I've been sitting on something for so long. My stacks get so big that I forget to go back to them. And let me look here. Hold on real quickly. It's, come on. I knew it was here somewhere. Nope, 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 no. Oh, well. Oh, here it is. I thought I was I was seeing it here. Is this it? Yeah. Top Republicans sound alarm on energy secretary's dubious financial dealings. That's Jennifer Granholm they're talking about. Twelve Republicans led by the oversight ranking member James Comer and South Carolina Rep. Rep. Ralph Norman on the panel's environmental subcommittee argued that Granholm's recent violation of the stop trading on congressional knowledge, it's called the Stock Act, signaled a lack of transparency at the agency under her watch. Quote, stock trading and public service are like oil and water. They don't mix. Secretary Granholm's dubious financial dealings since taking office require serious transparency. If there's nothing to hide, play ball with us on the oversight committee because we've got, because we're not going anywhere, end quote. She's not being transparent. She doesn't want to give them, and this is Jennifer Granholm, information on the millions of dollars that she made, her and her husband, on stock from companies she was pushing and Biden was pushing once they got elected. So that is the Secretary Jennifer Granholm. And that's why I played Mary for Money or Mary for Money. Because all of this gas, all of this inflation is killing a lot of us. 
It says here, former Michigan governor and current U.S. Secretary of Energy Jennifer Graham said nearly four months ago that the nation would turn their corner on soaring gas prices in early 2022. We haven't. Now, don't even take the latest uptick because of this Russia issue. But I explained to you, if the Russia, if Russia attacking Ukraine causes our gas to go up 50 cents or whatever a gallon within a week, 30, 50 cents within a week. How does that happen when we're only using at most 600,000 barrels a day when we consume 21 million barrels? Well, part of it is it's a worldwide commodity. And I would accept all of that from them. But they won't accept that same argument when they were trying to shut down everything or they did shut down everything. And they didn't, uh, and they're trying to say the rise of gas prior to this recent one isn't because of what we're doing. In fact, it is. In late October last year, the House Oversight and Reform Committee called in CEOs of Exxon, BP, Shell, and Chevron to explain what steps they're going to take to produce less oil and gas. Representative Hank, I'm afraid the island's going to tip over Johnson, Democrat from Georgia, said, quote, the world can't wait any longer, end quote. Well, if it's true that the administration's policies are not, as Jen Psaki said, quote, holding back domestic energy production, end quote, what about everybody in your party hammering these people to stop pumping out oil? In fact, Jim McCarthy, a policy advisor for leading energy companies called Counterpoint Strategy, said you can draw a direct line from how the Democrats marauded energy production yesterday to the unprecedented pain Americans are feeling at the pump today. Let's go back to last October. Ro Khanna, Democrat congressman from California, demanded that domestic oil companies dramatically curtail their domestic operations. He also said that the United States needs to end its dependency on oil imports from countries such as Russia. So now they're asking these people to pump more, or at least you got the 9,000 leases and we'll get into that. And this is why even if they could get, and, and again, we're told this is a red herring, this 9,000 leases. In fact, they haven't approved one this year, I think I heard. But even if that was true. They're not going to pump oil. They're not going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars creating roads that they first have to get permits to create roads to wherever their lease is, then seeing if there's something there, then pumping it out to six months from now, the Democrats being right back to where they were last October, wanting to shut down these companies. In one exchange, Representative Democrat from California, Rokana, pressed the Shell president on whether she agreed that, quote, under the Paris Agreement that we need to have oil and gas production declining every year, 
end quote. She responded that she believes that, quote, hydrocarbon demand needs to reduce if we're going to get to net zero emissions by 2050, end quote. Democrat Congressman Rokana demanded to know whether Shell will decrease its production by 2% each year. And it goes on and on and on, them doing this to each one of these individual executives of these oil companies. And this is why these oil companies are saying, <laughs> you know, we're very skeptic. Now you want us to produce more. I'm going to come back on the other side. I've got a great, interesting audio clip from a Fox Business, not Fox News, but Fox Business personality, David uh, Osman, discussing exactly or debunking the words of Biden, the Democrats, Jen Psaki, and bolstering what I was just saying to you. 269-441-9595 is the number if you want to give us a call. We'll talk to you coming up right after this. You're listening to Live with Rank. Appreciate that. I'm going to play for that you that clip I was telling you about. This is first you're going to hear Peter Ducey speaking with Jen Psaki and why Jen Psaki, the spokesperson for the White House, believes that they have no blame in anything that's happening out there. It's it's uh, Trump's fault. It's white supremacist's fault. It's Putin's fault. It's everybody's fault except them. And it's your fault because you're too stupid to understand that they've come up with that, too. People just don't understand the good that Biden has done for them. And this uh, David Osmond, who is uh, a, a, a business person on Fox Business, not the regular news channel, he may fill on in the regular news channel from time to time. So he's dealing with business all the time. He's dealing with discussing things with CEOs all the time, had this discussion just the other day. Here. Well, to be very clear, federal policies are not immol- uh, limiting the supplies of oil and gas. To the con- let me finish. To the con- let me finish. An executive order this Peter, first week I'm, that halted new oil and le- gas. Let me let me give you let me give you the facts here. There are nine thousand unused approved drilling permits. So I would suggest you ask the oil companies why they're not using those. Can we just pause there for a second? Because David Asman of Fox Business <laughs> is having uh, quite the expression and, and response to that. Well, the, so just jump right in. For, the audacity. Thank you for being here. The audacity the to tell Peter Ducey that facts can be inconvenient. And right after she says facts can be inconvenient, she misrepresents the facts. She said we have actually produced more oil. It is at record levels. That's not true. We are now producing in the United States 1.5 million barrels a day less than we were in December 2019. Mm. We, uh, we are not at record levels. We're way below record levels, uh, which were at the end of the Trump administration. That's, that's when we had this extraordinary burst of, of production and became energy independent. So that's not true. Also, they're trying to lay the gas prices, the high gas prices at the pump on Russia. Prices have been going up at the pump ever since President Biden was elected because the oil traders knew about his war on fossil fuels. He made no secret about it. He advertised it when he was running for president. So they knew that they were going to be shutting down pipelines. They were going to be shutting down drilling and exploration. That's what that's what oil traders do. They look to the future 
because it takes so long to put together an oil rig. You hear these, these statements about, oh, well, we gave plenty of uh, oil uh, contracts to, to oil businesses. It's their fault, not the government's fault. That's just not true. These prices have been skyrocketing ever since Joe Biden was elected because he telegraphed to the whole world about his war on fossil fuels. In other words, deflection is not the flex we're looking for. No, and, and you know, don't cut you look, you can come out and say we're we're against fossil fuels. Clearly. Uh, we're gonna that's fine. That's that's we can argue those facts. But then don't come out and, and point your finger at Peter Ducey and say facts can be inconvenient and then come out with her own made up facts that just are not true. There you go. It's just not true. And you would think it's very easy to tell how many barrels of oil America is producing today and compare it to last year, the year before, or whatever. Yet no one in that press conference room, no one has said to Jen, wait, Jen, why are you saying this? Because it appears, according to the records, government records, you guys are producing 1.5 million barrels a day less than under Trump at the end of his administration. So how could you say what you just said? They're not asking that question. Why do you think that may be? I can tell you one reason why that may be, and I'm looking for it right now. I think I added it to an end of a piece. And I can't find it. I will find it. I found this, though. The White House press conference erupted in protest two days ago after the AP reporter, Josh Bullock, ended the briefing early. Bullock called for the end of the briefing after only 39 minutes, leading a New York Post reporter, Steve Nelson, to stand up and tell Bullock that reporters in the back rows had unanswered questions. Steve Portnoy, the president of the White House Correspondents Association, has said it's a tradition for the oldest wire service, the AP, to determine when to end the briefings, whether or not other reporters have questions. That's part of it. The other part of it is this. Four people in the front seat, the front row, representing ABC, NBC, CBS, and CNN, four of them who are supposed to be asking good, hard questions, are all courting her to come on their news channels once she quits as the spokesperson for the Biden administration for the White House and then takes her lying to their stations. That's part of the reason. I'm sure that's part of the problem. So the gas situation is something that could have been avoided and all they do is lie to you about it these nine thousand permits some of them are just hey we're taking this out we don't even know if there's oil there and it's not just getting approval i hear on the permits because i've been looking into this a lot the last few days it's they have to go through other groups to get permits from them what does it take it takes forever to get permits from government agencies 
So it's not just the one. Okay, now we have a lease. Now we have to go to this environmental one, and we have to go to that crazy one, and we have to go to that one, and then we have to go to the local people and get a permit to create a road to take out there, and then we got to put together a huge oil rig costing a lot of money to do so. All this is costing tens of millions, if not more, under administration that wants to end our industry. Why would they do it? Now, at some point, they may do it because the price will get so high, but the price could drop. I'm angry about this because it is hurting a lot of you out there and me and the cost to fill up your tank. Someone told me yesterday they went to the exact same place, filled up their tank a week ago to today, $30 more. I think it was 30. Was it 20 or 30? I thought it was 30. That's a direct tax to all of you who don't make a lot, all of us, but those of you who don't make a lot of money or a tremendous amount of money, think about that. So now what do they do? They're going to come out and say, well, you know, the standard uh, average minimum wage should be $20 an, uh, an hour living wage because we screwed things up so badly. Which brings us back to Ukraine. No one's answered my question via phone call or email or anything. Why today? Well, no one who believes differently than me, let's put it this way. Why today is Russia doing what they're doing? Why did they start amassing troops on the Ukrainian border months, mere months after Joe Biden was seated, after Trump left the office? Why? Why do you think it is? Why was the last time they took part of Crimea under Obama and Biden? And now they want to take all or more of Crimea under Biden-Harris. Why? Ask yourself. And then Zelensky comes out and says, either provide a no-fly zone, and I'm against that myself, or give us the planes so we can do so. Joe Biden yesterday said no to both of them. Well, we said no because the Polish government wants to take the planes, fly them to Ramstein Air Force Base, a NATO U.S. Air Force Base in Germany, and then the Ukrainians will take it from there. Biden says, well, that's could be considered an act of war from Russia, from us. Okay, I get that. But ask yourself this. What's the difference between a NATO base in Poland and a NATO base, NATO slash U.S. base in Germany? What's the difference, guys? There is no difference. So why did Biden say no? And by the way, we're sending Stinger missiles that are shooting down their planes and helicopters. What's the difference between Poland and Germany? Now, I'm very concerned. I don't want us drawn into this. I, I, I don't think we should be drawn into this. This will be World War III. We should do everything we can to help them. But why is it? And you remember, it was Trump that was going to be the crazy person that got us into all this. 
everything they blame Trump about is what they're doing. Anybody? 269-441-9595. You listen to Live with Rank. We'll be right back. You listen to Live with Rank. Appreciate that. I didn't know or forgot that one had that little Democrats in the beginning. That's for something else. That wasn't meant for today, but certainly uh, we're going down a a very, very, uh, could be a very bad path. The other day I heard it explained this way and I, I thought it was Dina Perino said it my heart is tugging me one way my mind is tugging me the other it's true when it comes to this situation you see what's happening in Ukraine and your 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 heart bleeds for these people but your mind tells you do you know how many more people will be dead if we get into World War three And there's wars going on all over the world. There are people being slaughtered by governments. Many of them in in Africa. Why aren't we getting involved there also? It's hard. It's very hard to sit here and force my mind to win over my heart. Because I hate bullies. I've always been someone who likes to be the bully of bullies. So what do we do? And here's something interesting, very interesting. A new Quinnipiac poll released Monday said this. They were asked, it said the pollsters asked Americans what they would do if they found themselves in the same position as the average Ukrainian right now. Subjected to a violent invasion by a hostile country, would they stay and fight for their home or abandon it and flee the country? Now, 55% of respondents in total said they would stay and fight. 38% said they would flee. Here's the interesting part. When it's broken down by party affiliation, Republicans and independents say they would stay and fight by margins of 68 to 25% Republicans, 57, 36%. When Democrats would ask, would you stay or would you flee? 40% would stay, 52% would flee. That's interesting, isn't it? Let's go to the phone lines and hold on. Oh, that's interesting. I'll have to figure out what's going on. Dan, thanks a lot for holding on. I appreciate that very, very much. Welcome. Hey, Rank. How you doing today? I am. Uh, so good. this problem with Putin has been caused by not just the Democrats, but also the establishment Republicans, the war hawks, who have done nothing but put unnecessary pressure on Ukraine to enter NATO. He doesn't want them in NATO. They're going to cause a war. And this is uh, I'm going to tie this into you had a caller a couple days ago. Uh, well, you interviewed Steve Cara, who's running against our establishment, Rhino Fred Upton. And uh, then uh, later on after that, you had a caller that called in and said, a vote for Cara is a vote for Upton. And I want to address that directly and tie it into Ukraine. I heard Upton speak last week, and all he did was talk about Ukraine. He is completely drinking the Kool-Aid. He's listening, I, don't, I guess, to CNN. 
and basically talking about ratcheting up the pressure on Putin, pressure on Putin, pressure on Putin. The last thing we need is more pressure on Putin and having our kids go off and die for this, this situation, which has been caused by the fact that Obama installed this coup president, and Putin has been watching NATO creep closer to his boundaries for decades now, and I think the man makes a valid point. He's not a good man, but he makes a valid point. And this Fred Who, Upton wait, character... Wait, wait, wait. Slow, slow your row. Who makes a valid point? Putin? Well, Putin makes a valid point. He makes a valid point that he doesn't want NATO nukes on his border. I can understand that. I'm not saying he's a good man. I'm not saying he should be invading Ukraine. But our Republicans are doing the same thing as the Democrats by just calling for war, calling for war. Lindsey Graham is calling to assassinate Putin. That is insanity. Oh, that is by the way, I'm, thanks for bringing that up, Dan, because I, I was going to bring that up the other day. I, I can't believe that. And again, it's, it's the little guy. It's always the wimpy little guy who's going to uh, sit there and say we should assassinate. You know how insane that is? Uh, yes. Uh, would it be nice if someone in his own country took care of the situation? Yes. But for a leader, a leader, an elected leader to call for the assassination of the head of another state, does he not understand that could come back and, and boomerang to us? Well, that's what we're dealing with, and that's why we need fresh blood in the Congress. These guys have been in there too long. They're tone deaf. They don't understand what the people want. I can tell you, Upton, he didn't even mention mandates. He didn't mention that people were losing their jobs over the mandates. He didn't mention inflation. He didn't mention concern, the concerns about anything to do with the election. And if there was ever a time, West Michigan, to get this man out of office, now is the time. Everybody I talk to wants somebody new. And Trump wants Steve Kara. Okay. So you're, you're a Steve Kara guy over Bill Heisinga. Heisinga, I have nothing to say about. I'm a Steve Kara guy because he's attentive. He calls you back, and that is who the leader wants. All right. Thanks, Dan, for calling in. God bless. You have a great day. 269-441-9595. So what's going on, for those of you who haven't been listening recently, is we have a new district in the southwest Michigan area. And that district is a lot of what Fred Upton had, but it also now reaches into what Peter Meyer had into Calhoun County and I believe a little further northwest, if I remember correctly. Don't quote me. All these maps. I have too many other things to, to think about. Bill Heising has, uh, has, is a congressman, been a congressman since 2011, and he has now been put into that same district with Fred Upton and Steve Kara, who is a state rep, a freshman state rep, is also running in that district. We had Steve on yesterday or the day before, I can't remember, and Bill Heisinger last week. Uh, Fred Upton, you're always available. Uh, you're always welcome to come on the show. He has never come on my show, so I don't expect him to come on now. He hasn't really announced that he's running. He is running quarter million dollars with the ads on radio and TV. I He either is running, but he doesn't want to announce it, or he's testing the water and see what kind of feedback he gets. But I will agree with Dan when Dan said that now is the time that you can vote him out. Vote the man out who, back in uh, 86 when he ran, said he will only serve five terms. That's 10 years. 
He's on what, uh, 35 years now? Am I getting that right? You listen to Live with Rank. We'll be right back after this top of the hour break. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 